everyone, and welcome back to the Girl Doc of podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I'm speaking with Jen Aliko. Jen is a 300-hour certified meditation coach and corporate wellness expert who, after earning her bachelor's and master's degree in accounting, quickly found herself in the corporate world feeling exhausted and burnt out. During that time, she found meditation, which helped her overcome burnout, establish work-life balance, and gain confidence in many aspects of her life. Now, she's using what she's learned to help hardworking professionals and corporate teams overcome stress and burnout through meditation and mindfulness. I am really excited for you guys to listen to this episode. Jen even does a guided meditation for us. And I also wanted to mention that girl.gov, the nonprofit, is doing our very first event. So it's a scholarship event and we're giving out five different awards. So if you would like to see if you're eligible or apply, you can visit our website at girlgovfoundation.org. And the scholarships will be given to girls and women identifying individuals from the ages K through 12 and college, postgrad and early career. And with that being said, let's get into the episode. Hi, Jen. I am so excited to have you. Um, Can you please tell me a little bit about yourself and Zen Jen? Yeah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, Yeah, my name is Jen. I am, I guess we'll start with a few little fun facts. I'm currently a digital nomad, so I haven't had a lease since May of 2020, partially because of the pandemic. So um, I've been bouncing around a bunch. I actually, my career history comes from accounting. I actually have a bachelor's and a master's in accounting. Um, I went into the finance world right after I graduated grad school. I lived in New York City for three years. It was so much fun. But during that time, I actually suffered from an extreme case of workplace burnout. So it was really, really harsh on me and my body, both my mental and physical health. It was um, one of those situations where I was going to all these doctors. No one could figure out what was wrong with me. I was constantly seeing new doctors, constantly getting zero answers and being written off by them. Um, it got so bad that I, I flew down to the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. I saw a team of five or six doctors there, again, left with nothing, no answers. And so I decided to take matters in my own hands. And I started to learn a little bit more about mindfulness and what it meant to really live mindfully. And through learning that, I was able to find meditation. And meditation totally changed my life. It totally saved my life because I was in a very, very dark place. And from that point on, I was truly hooked. So it got to the point where I really didn't want to keep all of this magic of meditation to myself. And so I started my business, Zen Gen Meditation, and now I'm a meditation coach. So I help hardworking professionals overcome and prevent burnout with meditation and mindfulness, just as I did for myself. And I work with corporate teams. I work with individuals as well. And that's pretty much like the very short, quick note, cliff notes version of Zen Gen Meditation and me. <laughs> I figured we'll get into like way more details. So yeah, totally. <laughs> I really like am inspired by your story because I think right now um, I was even just reading an article where right now, like there's so many people quitting their jobs because of burnout. And mm-hmm. I know know that the pandemic plays like such a huge role in that. And especially for people who are early on in their careers, who aren't used to being remote hundred percent of the time and not getting that like, like one-to-one face-to-face experience with people. So I know that so many people can relate to that. And I, I know I was like that in my last job and I'm lucky enough that I was able to quit and like find a new one, but I know that meditation can totally like turns people's lives around. So I'm super excited to listen to your story. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're reading an article about the great resignation. Is that, did you have that keyword? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) That's um, a lot of what I've been seeing as well, just like the last couple of years. And I think COVID and just the pandemic in general has really just opened people's eyes to, you know, what life can be like without burnout. And even, you know, maybe people's jobs did get more intense because of other situations and whatnot. And so then they were experiencing burnout for the first time. So I think in the last couple of years, it's really become very present 
in a lot of people's lives. And so many people and companies are trying to find ways to help their employees or to help themselves. And meditation is definitely something that's up there with things that people are looking to do and between the apps and looking for coaches and whatnot. I feel like it's just expanded so much in the last couple of years, which I am very happy about because I think meditation is amazing. (laughs) No, I completely agree. And I know that we talked a little bit about like the story behind Zen Jen, but I would love to know your why, like what has been kind of your experience in starting Zen Jen? My biggest why is I don't think anyone deserves to feel the way that I did when I was extremely burnt out. I was in a place where I was eating anything that I, anything that I ate came right back out. I couldn't keep any food in my body. I broke out in a rash along my neck and my face. I was exhausted. I wasn't sleeping well. I was actually yesterday, just like looking back at old pictures. I do not look healthy whatsoever. I look like a skeleton. I'm so pale, dark circles under my eyes. I feel like my eyes look like they're bugging out of my head. I looked so sickly. And during all of that, I continued to work. I healed from burnout while I was working the whole time. And Mm -hmm. it's a really hard thing to do. And I just don't want anyone to be in that same position. I don't wish that on my, my biggest enemy. I want to change the way that the our business world works. I want to change the way we do business. I want to make sure that the employees and their mental health is put over the bottom line, because at the end of the day, there's so many benefits of meditation that if you do put the mental health of your employees first, you're going to see your profits just rise naturally. So I want to change the way that business is done so that we're putting our people first and supporting them and their mental health over anything else. That's really my biggest why. Yeah. And I think that's, that's amazing that companies are actually willing to invest in that because I think, you know, at least just like with my experience at like my last job, it was just all go, go, go. And it was mm-hmm. like, there was no time for mindfulness. There was no time to like check on your coworkers. There, there really wasn't any like room to be stress-free or like, you know, and I think also with, with working from home, something that like I've personally struggled with is like being able to differentiate like your personal life from your professional life. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I have like my work desk in my room. So like I sleep here, I'm here at least eight hours a day. So I, I can definitely see the benefit of companies doing that. Cause I think you're totally right. Like if your employees are healthy, you'll have a successful company. I, I don't know why people don't put those two and two together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of the times the things that I'm sharing are so simple mm-hmm. that it, you can just seamlessly put it into your day. You know, it's just like little triggers here and there that tell your body, okay, the workday is over. Now it's mm-hmm. time for me to let go and relax. Or even just like scheduling time during your day where you close out your email so that you can actually focus on one thing at a time. Like they're very simple things. And then obviously, putting meditation into your routine at some point or another is the goal at the end of the day. Um, But really it is just simple things that I think we as a society have totally lost track of. And I, when I burnt out, I was working in a startup fashion company in New York city. So it was intense. I know exactly what you're talking about with the go, go, go. Mm -hmm. I was their first finance hire as their financial controller and everything with a dollar sign hit my desk. And since it was a startup, anything else that they needed help with, I was um, still slightly a yes man, but I was very much a yes man then. So I was helping with marketing. I was on QVC. Do you know what QVC is? Oh my God. Yes. I was on QVC, like selling the handbags as a guest host. Like I did everything, like anything that they asked. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But it was also, you know, fast forward to now with when I started my own business, it's one of those things where yeah, I learned so much. So that was kind of my motive during it all is like, well, I'm learning so much, but I wasn't connected enough to my body because I didn't have these mindfulness practices. I didn't have my meditation practice. So I didn't know when to say no. I didn't know when to slow down and kind of like take a breather, but you know, it's like one of those things in hindsight, 
obviously everything that I went through got me to where I am now and gave me the ability to share this amazing practice with people. So looking back, I would go through it a million times again, but Mm -hmm. when I was going through it, it was one of those things where I'm like, why me? Like, what is happening? Why do I feel this way? Why is this happening to me? It was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to like starting a position and then encompassing all these, like wearing so many different hats, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think that happens so often. And it's, I'm excited to kind of get into like your tips and tricks on like how to really hone in on like being mindful and being able to say no and setting boundaries. So I cannot wait to get into that. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask too, like, can you, can you tell us a little bit of like the history behind meditation? Um, how has it kind of evolved and like, do we still use the same practices as we did when it was started? I would love to know a little bit about that. Yeah. So actually there's not really a ton of knowledge on when it specifically started, but because it's just like a, it's an ancient practice. It's been around forever, but, um, some of the earliest records actually go back to like 1500 BC. So it really started with Vedic, which is what we know is now as like the framework of Hinduism. Mm-hmm. So that's really like where the earliest records came from. And then in like the sixth and fourth century BC, it started to become popular with Chinese Taoism and also Indian um, Buddhism. And so it started to spread, you know, a little bit more into these like ancient religious practices and things like that. Um, Buddhism is really where it started to spread even more because Buddhism really established mindfulness and deep breathing. That's where that really goes back to that whole practice of being aware and being mindful and also just tuning into your breath. So that really goes back to Buddhism. And then it started to spread even more actually because a Japanese monk went to um, China and learned meditation and then came back to Japan and started teaching what we now know as Zen meditation. So Zen meditation is, I like to describe it as like a little bit more stricter. Like you sit in a very specific way, you place your hands in a mudra position in front of your belly. It's very structured. Um, and it's all like the Zen meditations. Those are the ones where like people are sitting for like 12 hours, like oh, really intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like truly just like <laughs> sitting in silence, um, yeah. being very strict. I know my meditation teacher, when I did my certification, they would have almost like disciplines. If they moved during the meditation, they would get like whacked with something. Um, oh <laughs> it's like a little bit more strict. Um, if you're practicing like the truest form of it. And then that was really what started the spread into like the Western culture, this more of like the Zen meditation, the Buddhist meditation of mindfulness and awareness and deep breathing, and then expanded into like the Western world in like the late 19th century, early 20th century. And then from there, the practices really just started to expand. So now there's so many different types of meditation that you can do. You know, there's obviously the mindfulness, which also comes from like the Buddhist meditation. Um, there's mantras that you can do a mantra meditation where you're repeating the same affirmation or mantra over and over again. Not sure if you've heard of the meta meditation or loving kindness. So that's, you're starting a lot of the times with showing yourself some love. Then you show someone you send like energetically someone that you is close to you, sending them some love, sending them some kindness. And then someone, sometimes people move it into someone you don't like, or just like a neighbor. And then you spread it to like the entire community, the entire world. So it's really just like sharing the energy of love. There's also, you know, visualizations, there's movement meditations that have become really popular, especially within like Western society, you know, like walking meditations, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. you can do body scans. So really, I mean, I'm just like rambling off different kinds of meditations, (laughs) but, um, it really started with like the mindfulness, the awareness. And once it came over to the Western culture, it really just like expanded and people kind of started making meditation their own, which I think is really cool. And I'm like, definitely into that. Yeah. And do you know, like, cause I mean, when we talk about kind of the like history of meditation, do you know how we like 
people I'm for myself, like I'm in the United States, like how can I utilize meditation and kind of use those practices while still being respectful to those cultures and religions that kind of, you know, created it and really started it. Um, I know that that's kind of been like a topic of discussion. I love doing yoga. Like yoga is like one of my favorite things as far as like I love meditating while I'm doing yoga. I like when I, like, I just feel a lot better and like a lot more mindful. And so, but I know that that's a huge conversation around yoga and like that history. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if you have any like opinions or suggestions on that. I know that's kind of like a a touchy subject too. So (laughs) totally. Okay. I'll, I'll share with you how I go about just most things in life in general. Mm-hmm. I really try to understand the origin of the practice and where it came from through and through. So to me, that's respectful, learning their traditions, learning their customs and their culture so that you can understand if someone's coming to you, you can understand and explain to them. I do this because I learned this from XYZ culture, this mm-hmm. sort of religion. And that's why I formed and created this in my way. So I think Mm -hmm. it really, the way that I operate is I just like to know the origins of things, how it truly started and do that research myself. I think that's Mm -hmm. really the biggest thing is don't just go off of what an influencer said one time, or, you know, what you've heard in passing, do the research yourself so that you can know firsthand. And that way, if someone does ask you, like you asking me like, Oh, where did meditation came from? Like, who would I be if I didn't understand the history of it? You know, like I wouldn't feel like I would be able to speak on it and be able to share it if I didn't at least understand the origin of it. So to me, I really just operate on understanding the origin. And when those situations do come up where maybe you do encounter someone of that tradition of that culture Mm -hmm. and just openly showing your respect to them and thanking them and their ancestors for what they've brought to you and have shared to you. So I think it goes to knowing the origin, becoming aware of that, and then just speaking that gratitude, even Mm -hmm. while you're in the practice, you don't actually have to come across someone, but just expressing that gratitude for all that you know and have learned because of where they came from. And I think too, if you have like good intent, I think that's Mm kind of what I try and live by is like just realizing what the intent is behind something. And that I think can take you pretty far. Yeah. And I think just keeping an open mind as well and understanding like this isn't necessarily your practice or coming from your ancestors. So when you are learning about it, just keeping that in the back of your mind and being open-minded to, you know, someone else might have a greater understanding of it. So instead of speaking what you believe to know is true, Mm -hmm. sitting back and absorbing that information and, and seeing, you know, how that resonates with you and just respecting what they have to say. Totally. Yeah. And I know that we talked a little bit earlier about what you have benefited from meditation. So can you tell us like a little bit of someone who has never meditated before, who wants to get into it? What are some benefits that they can expect from it? Oh my gosh. This is, <laughs> so I many. thought I was rambling before about the types oh, no. of meditation. Let me ramble about the benefits really quick. <laughs> so obviously for me, I just started meditating because I wanted a way to release some stress at work. I did not think that this was going to evolve into all of these other benefits. So Mm -hmm. a lot that I have seen within my clients are actually getting a good night's sleep. I had one client after one session with me, she slept through the night after nine months of not sleeping through the night. Absolutely incredible. So sleep is a really big thing. Stress, anxiety are really big things. Also, obviously what I felt with it healing my body, I was able to use meditation to overcome the the pain and the, I don't even know how to describe it. Just what was happening every time I ate, um, (laughs) overcoming that. What are some other benefits? Even just living mindfully will allow you to truly connect to your intuition. So I think about when I started meditating, the amount of things that have come into my life that I have wanted is unmatched exactly how I wanted it or better. So just connecting to your intuition and through that process, sometimes you go with the road less traveled, or sometimes you go with the option that people are like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. But through your meditation practice, you truly connect deeply to your body. So you connect deeply to your intuition and you're able to decipher for yourself without asking for advice, without, you know, needing a second opinion or anything like that. 
I'm trying to think off the top of my head, some other benefits. They're really, I mean, I've heard everything from like reducing inflammation to curing cancer. I think the biggest ones that people really gravitate towards at least in my realm of meditation, because I am working more so with like corporate hardworking professionals sort of thing. Um, it's a lot of the stress, a lot of the sleep, that kind of stuff. And just being able to clear your mind, be more productive, let go of that brain fog, um, and set yourself up, set the tone for the day in a positive way. But then there's obviously like, I was kind of alluding to earlier, like manifesting as well, you know, calling in what you want, because when I, I think about my life, all I ever wanted when I was working in corporate was to have my own business. I've wanted that since grad school, since undergrad, all I ever wanted was to have my own business. And all I ever wanted was to have a flexible schedule and to be able to travel as much as I want. And now I have my own business. I'm a nomad. I literally, I'm my car is in Denver right now. I got to Miami today. Like I'm traveling, doing whatever I want, you know? And so all of that was pop became possible for me because of my meditation practice. And what does meditation look like? Like I know earlier you said that there's some where like you have to sit in one spot, you have your hands in a certain place. What, what does that kind of look like? So I usually describe the practice that I teach to my clients and the practice that I do intuitive flow. So going back to that intuition, it's just based on like what you're feeling that day, what kind of things you want. So I do everything from visualizations to mantras, to body scans, to awareness, to meta meditation. So the typical way that I lead my clients is you can either sit, you can lay down, whatever's comfortable for you. If you're sitting down, you can sit in a chair, just make sure that your feet are flat on the floor, scooching your booty to the edge of the seat. You don't want to be like leaning back. Mm-hmm. The key is kind of to be as uncomfortably comfortable as you can. So you want to be just uncomfortable enough that you're not going to fall asleep, you know, (laughs) you know, but then comfortable enough that it's not going to be like distracting. You know what I mean? So that's if you're sitting in a chair. Now, if you're sitting on the ground, I say cross-legged or lotus position, whatever works for you. Lotus is a yoga position. I'm not sure if you're familiar, Mm -hmm. but basically like your ankles are essentially on that bend of your hip when you're Mm -hmm. sitting with your legs somewhat crossed. And then you can also lay down. Oh, I forgot to mention when you're sitting on the ground, definitely put a cushion underneath your booty. Mm -hmm. When you raise your hips higher than your knees, it's going to relieve so much tension from your lower back. So much tension is going to be released from your knees. And I have a a herniated disc in my lower back. So it's like essential for me. Um, Now, if you're laying down, I recommend putting some cushions underneath your shoulders just so you can be propped up a little bit. And then a cushion underneath the back of your knees. Cause same thing. Like, you know, if you go and get a massage, it just helps your back helps you get a little more comfortable, but you do want to keep yourself propped up a little bit so that you're not falling asleep as easily. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you do find yourself falling asleep, then definitely move to like a sitting position. So Mm -hmm. in terms of visually, what it looks like, those are kind of like the three options that I go through and it's more so just what feels good for you. And even when I was going through my burnout and starting my meditation practice, I was just chasing what feels good. And so that's the premise that I really teach with my clients is like, okay, what feels good for you tap into Mm -hmm. your body, tap into your intuition and figure out what feels good. And that's what you should go with because meditation is a simple practice. Although it does take time, you're supposed to practice it. It's called a practice for a reason. Um, It is very simple. So you just need to think simply what simply feels good for me. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Did that sort of answer your question? I feel like I keep going on rants. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. No, it definitely did. And it's funny that you bring up like being too comfy to where you fall asleep. Whenever I would go to yoga, I would go like right after work. And that was like at my crazy go, go, go schedule. And it was, it's hot yoga. So like you get in there and it's all nice and hot. And like on rainy days, I would go inside and I would literally lay there and like almost fall asleep. And I would, I would always wake myself up cause I would twitch and I'm like, okay, oh. I need to stop laying down before class because I'm going to fall asleep one of these days. And like, I don't know. I, it's like one of my worst nightmares, like waking up at the end of class and just Everyone's been asleep gone. the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or someone having to like wake you up. Like I would, I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I, when I first started meditating, it's very normal to fall asleep. So that's why I always try to give like a little bit of tidbits, be like, these are ways you can kind of help. But I wasn't necessarily like setting myself up for success when I first started meditating because 
I would wake up, my alarm would go off at like five, five fifteen in the morning. And I would basically grab my phone, pull out either insight time or headspace or simple habit. And mm-hmm. I would put on a meditation. I wouldn't move at all from the position. I just woke up. All I did was open my eyes, reach for my phone, turn it on, and then just close my eyes. And most of the times I would fall yeah. asleep. Like that's <laughs> just, that's just how it goes. Um, but I was actually talking to a client about this yesterday because she actually <laughs> missed one of our sessions because she was like, I just wanted to meditate really quick before. And I ended up falling asleep. <laughs> Oh and so gosh. I was cracking up, but one of the things that I learned because I did fall asleep so often was kind of like what, you know, triggers or things happened before I fell asleep. So for me, it was really interesting. I realized this one day is that right before I fall asleep, I kind of hear like these radar sounds. I think that's the best way to describe it. I hear these okay. radar sounds and they're not, it's not happening anywhere. It's simply like in my head. And so once I notice that right before I fall asleep, I hear these little like beep, boop, doo, 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 <laughs> going on in my head. Yeah. I realize, you know, if I'm meditating and start to hear those, like, okay, I got to shift my body. I got to come, yeah. I got to bring myself back because I'm about to fall asleep. But mm-hmm. on the other side of the hand, sometimes your body goes into a really deep meditative state in order to do some healing or in order to release some things. And a lot of people assume that they fell asleep because it's those situations where you close your eyes, you meditate, and then maybe your body twitches you awake or something. Mm-hmm. You just wake up later and you're like, wow, that felt like two minutes. And all of a sudden you look and you know, 25, 30 minutes went by. I've had experiences where my body needed to go into that, that deep meditative, almost resting state in order to do that healing, because that healing is done when, you know, you go into that state when the conscious mind doesn't understand what's being done. So mm-hmm. the more you meditate, the more you're going to understand when you do fall asleep or when, you know, you just go into that deep meditative state, but it really just, as I was saying before, it takes practice. So you just have to keep going. And for me, you know, I kept going and I learned, Oh, when I hear that sounds, that's when I fell asleep. If I didn't hear that, then my body was just in like that deep state. So it really just takes time to figure yourself out and everyone's different too. Yeah. And what does like a one-on-one meditation session with you look like? I love my meditation coaching <laughs> session. I just, like my clients are so amazing and it's really like, I was just thinking the other day, I'm on a couple of my clients, close friend stories on Instagram. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just love it. Cause they do feel like my close friends. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, the way that we start is I always like to guide us in a short meditation just to kind of open up the space. It allows us to connect because everything's over zoom as well. Mm-hmm. So it allows us to connect. It opens up the space. It relaxes them as they move into the next 60 minutes After that meditation, then it's really like the floor is open. A lot of times we're working through certain areas. Maybe they are trying to strengthen their intuition. Maybe we're working through creating a work-life balance or being more mindful throughout the day, or maybe there's a lot of healing that's being done. So there's always a conversation that's being had just so I can kind of check in with them. And that way too, they can tell me what's deeply going on. And through that meditation in the beginning, that's where they're able to really tap into that. So sometimes even in that meditation, in the beginning, I'll ask questions, we'll go deep into their body, connect to their intuition, or, you know, connect to their inner child or whatever it may be at the time and ask it questions, ask themselves what's going on so that they can, while they're in the meditation practice, allow these answers to come up without any sort of judgment. And that's just simply using awareness. So Then the conversation from there, it's very organic. It's just like very, you know, like one-on-one chatting what's going on. I'm just helping you through what challenges you're facing in your life. There's always some, I call them tasks. I don't know what else to call them. So I call them tasks that come up for each week. So it can be anything from if me and a client are working on her opening up her heart chakra, the heart chakra is represented by the color green. So I'll be like, okay, wear green every day this week in whatever way feels good for you. Um, there's always some journaling that is done 
there obviously is building the meditation practice. There's all sorts of tasks. Sometimes it's like taking yourself on a date, all sorts of things. So the, the chat in the middle is really just like an organic conversation. And then I always do a meditation at the end because sometimes, you know, the conversation can bring up a lot of feelings. It can be an emotional roller coaster. Maybe they brought up a lot of tension that they're ready to release. So I never want to leave my clients walking away from the session, still holding on to anything that doesn't feel good. So I always do a meditation at the end, or sometimes we do breath work at the end to just help release anything that came up that no longer serves them, or even just to close the space or maybe just relax them or energize them for the rest of their day. Um, and then I send them on their way. So that's like what the, the 60 minute one-on-one session really looks like. And I did see on your website that you have a free better balance booklet. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that I like to call it a seven day challenge and it's really designed to help you create balance in your life. So whether that's a work-life balance, or maybe it's, you know, finding balance between connecting to yourself and being there for your friends and family, or, you know, any other balance that you're looking for. It's a seven day booklet that walks you through journal prompts and gives you tasks as well. That allows you to really find that balance that you're looking for and kind of like creating that first little key of awareness of like, Oh, my life isn't exactly how I want it to be. Oh my, I do want to be balanced in this area of my life a little bit more. So how can I do that? So it's really just kind of like the Kickstarter to all Mm -hmm. of that. Um, I also have a simple journal prompts, 60, 60 simple journal prompts. And both of these resources are free. So, um, you can get the better balance booklet on the I think it's the homepage of my website. And then the 60 simple journal prompts are in the link of my bio of my social medias. Um, And the 60 simple journal prompts is exactly that. It's 60 simple journal prompts. So really like if you're trying to get into journaling or, you know, you want to just go deeper into your journaling practice, that's a really great way to start. And you have basically like two months there for you. You can go every day and Mm -hmm. find something to journal about. Okay, cool. I'm going to definitely download those. I always try so hard to get into journaling and I don't know what it is, but I just like, I, I just can never stay consistent with it. So I think like if I have something that's like already ready for me, I think I'll be successful in that. I was totally the same way. I could never get into journaling. And then one day it was, it was along with the whole meditation thing. It just kind of all clicked. And I always recommend, especially like you said, you love meditation. I recommend journaling before you meditate. It'll really help you relax your mind because you kind of get all of like the, the buzzy, you know, thoughts and nuances in your head out on the paper first. So I always tell my clients Mm -hmm. to journal before their meditation practice. Okay. And that was actually one of our questions from one of our listeners. Um, yeah, but I would, I'll ask you in a couple of minutes. Um, but I'm, I really like that. And I think that's, I've never even thought about that before. So, um, I'll definitely try that. And, um, yeah. And what are some tips for beginners who want to start meditating? So there's a lot. Um, I think that the biggest one is to start small. So really, if you have two minutes, great. That's great. If you can put two minutes aside for yourself, for your meditation practice, that's absolutely incredible. And you should be really proud of doing that because think about how often during your day, do you allow yourself to just be for two minutes? Never, never, not even like when you're showering, you know? Mm -hmm. So really just starting off small, creating that space for yourself, um, making sure that you do have a space dedicated to your meditation. It doesn't have to be this whole elaborate thing. Maybe it's just, you put a pillow in the corner of your room, but I definitely recommend not starting meditating on your bed. Like I did just because that's going to set you up to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing is just, as I've said before, just remember that meditation is called a practice for a reason. So you need to practice it. There's no such thing as being bad at meditation. You just simply need to practice it. It takes time. It's something that you need to work towards. And again, remembering that it is something simple. So there's no need to complicate it. 
Um, another big thing is to not compare your practice to other people's. And even I go as far as saying, don't compare your practice today to the one you had yesterday, because every day is going to be different. Like my first meditation experience when I was burnt out was actually in a meditation studio and my body fell deep into meditation very quickly. I think it was just like ready to go. Like we've been Mm -hmm. waiting for you to do this, you know? Yeah. So I walked out of that room. Well, I guess during the meditation practice, I would go deep into a meditative state and then my body would jolt and like, almost like wake me up. But I knew I wasn't sleeping. I was sitting up. My spine was tall. I was straight up. I knew I wasn't sleeping, but my body would just jolt. And then I asked the community manager after, and she was like, Oh, sometimes your body needs to physically release anything from your nervous system. So that was your body physically releasing you. Are you really stressed? And I was like, ah, funny. You should ask. <laughs> um, but I walked out of that room and I felt like my body was floating. I literally felt like I was on a cloud, but have I ever had that exact experience again? No, I have not. So if I compared every day of my meditation practice to that one day that I meditated, I would have given up so long ago. Mm -hmm. So it really is one of those things where you just need to take each day as it is. And that's, you know, part of being fully present. And maybe one day you're sitting on your cushion and all of a sudden you just start crying your eyes out. The amount of times I've done that, that's good. Just let it go. Your meditation practice doesn't have to be this strict thing every time. It's just doing what feels good every time. I think when I first started my meditation practice, I was truly just chasing what felt good. And I think that's why I have more of like a casual, simple approach to it. And I think that's really benefited me because now I'm able to just go into and be like, all right, what are we getting into today? Like what's going to come up today? So I think really just taking each each day as it comes and not comparing it to any other day or what anyone else is saying they're experiencing in their meditation practice. Yeah. And I know that you said that, um, even just setting aside like two minutes of your day to meditate, it can have a big impact on you. Um, ideally, like if someone had all the time in the world, how many times do you think a day people should meditate? Is there something that's shown like a bigger impact than others? Um, yeah, I think, I, for myself, I'm like, okay, I could probably meditate like morning and night. So, Mm -hmm. but should I do that? Should I only do it once a day? What do you think? I think that it depends on what season of life that you're in. Mm -hmm. I think that you should have a baseline practice that you do every single day. So for me right now, my baseline practice is that every morning I meditate, I have my morning ritual, I journal and I meditate every single morning. Now, when things, when I'm moving through seasons of healing or releasing, or maybe things are really busy in my life, or maybe there are some things that are kind of out of my control that are causing some mayhem in my life, I always amp up my, my practice a little bit. So then I'll, I'll put in the nighttime as well, but I will also say that as I said, and as you mentioned, like you can do it for two minutes. So if you do just take a moment, maybe you're sitting at your computer and you just close your eyes and deep breathe for a few minutes, that's a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So finding little times, one of my clients, she's like become obsessed with meditation. And she's like, I just want to do it all the time. And she'll be on the subway and she'll be meditating and she will, you know, meditate morning. She'll meditate in the shower. She'll do all these things. And I think in this season of life where she's at right now, that's really supportive for her, but that doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be all the time. So that goes back to like not comparing your practice. You know what I mean? But I say have my opinion is that you should have a baseline practice. Like I said, mine is in the morning and then you can add on to it or, you know, pull back from it as your life changes, because that's another reason why I call my, my style intuitive flow, because just as life ebbs and flows, so should your meditation practice, because you're going to need support in different ways and different lengths and different styles in different phases of your life. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good advice. I like the whole aspect of like doing what feels good for you. Cause I think when you force things, I know for me, that's when I'm like not successful at it at all. Like journaling, like if I'm forcing myself to do something, like I think I don't find like as much joy in it as I should. So Mm -hmm. I, I definitely appreciate that advice. And this is actually the question that you kind of brought up earlier. And I'm, I love this question because I think a lot of people can relate. If we did a poll on Instagram and we 
we added one of your TikToks and, um, everyone said yes to it. And it was, what should I do about the restlessness or discomfort that I feel and experience while meditating? So kind of like that internal chatter or like, yeah, just, I, I always get super restless, like with my feet too. So, yeah. So my first piece of advice is to find your breath again. So when I say find your breath or tune into your breath or listen to your breath, I mean, through every single sense that you have. So maybe you feel the rise and fall of your chest or the, you know, the expansion and contraction of your belly. Maybe you feel the air go in through your nose and out through your mouth, or maybe you hear your breath. Maybe you can hear every inhale and every exhale, or maybe you can feel it through another sense or something like that. Just fill up your entire mind with, okay, where is my breath right now? How can I feel my breath? How are, how are the ways that I can feel my breath? The first thing that comes to my mind is just go back to your breath. But I will also say that we all kind of know when we're going through something that needs to be moved through, needs to be sat in and needs to be released versus something that is just your ego kind of having that chatter in your mind. So I say when it's that, that ego, that's a time to go to your breath and just kind of bring yourself back to that space. But let's say you're moving through something and you're in this season of healing, or maybe you're just starting this healing and it's really uncomfortable. You really want to let it loose, move your body. There's so many times, like my first time that I was telling you during meditation, when my body was jolting, that was, it's totally okay to do some movement. Even to this day, it's, I have videos. I remember I shared it on my Instagram story and I'm videotaping me guiding a meditation. And during the meditation, you see like the energy starts in my left hand and like waves through from my up, my left arm into my shoulder to my other, my right shoulder. And then my right elbow, like twitches, and then it's just gone. So sometimes you do need to move your body in ways to kind of let the energy go. And just don't be afraid of that because if your, your body is like needing to do a little twitch, or you maybe you feel like I just really need to like twist my back or raise and stretch my arms right now. I say, do it. If that's something you need to do, if it's going to allow you to sit more comfortably, I say, do it. I also always lead my clients. And whenever I do guided meditations on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, I always start with gentle stretches. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, you know, doing again, whatever feels good. So maybe you put your hands in the air and you stretch it out. Maybe you're rolling out your neck, rolling your shoulders. This is going to help you first find any areas that might feel tense, might kind of prevent you, might distract you from going into that deep meditative state. And it also helps you find that position that feels best for you. Cause I don't know if you've experienced, I still do where you sit down. If I don't do my gentle stretches, all of a sudden, like two minutes in, I'm like, oh, I need to like shift. I need to figure out like, this doesn't feel good to me. Mm -hmm. So I I think doing the gentle stretches in the beginning helps a lot to find that comfortable position. But if you're in the meditation and you find yourself, you know, with that chatter, I'd say, start with tuning into your breath. If that's not working for you, do some gentle movement, you know, keep your eyes closed, but just move in a way that feels good and see if that helps you release that and allows you to be still at some moment. I would love it if you could guide us through like a short guided meditation. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think maybe people can get like a feel of what they should be thinking about or kind of listening to when they are meditating. Yeah, totally. So let's just do a short one. I'll just do like a, a simple tuning into the breath so you can kind of figure out what that'll feel like. All right. So I see that you're sitting in a chair right now. So you're sitting in a chair, make sure that you scooch to the edge of your seat so that you're supporting yourself without the back of your chair, your feet are flat on the floor and the listeners, wherever you are, if you are sitting in a chair, same thing, feet flat on the floor, scooch to the edge to your seat. If you're laying down, just prop yourself up a little bit. If you're sitting down, just make sure that you put a cushion underneath your booty. Now let's start with some of those gentle stretches. So I'm just going to start by moving my head closer to my shoulder to stretch out my neck. My neck just cracked. <laughs> oh, nice. my neck cracks all the time. I'm telling my clients when I'm doing this, like, oh, I'm so sorry. You got yeah. <laughs> now I'm moving it over to the other side, making sure that whatever you stretch on one side, you stretch on the other. Maybe even moving your hands up to stretch your arms out, grabbing your hands over your head, leaning to one side and then to the other. Allowing your hands to float back down, maybe doing some wrist circles as you do, and then 
Lastly, we'll just roll our shoulders back two times and then forwards two times. And then we'll just place our palms facing down in the, when your palms are facing down in that position, when you're connecting to your body, that's really what it is. It's connecting and grounding position. So if you ever feel like you need some grounding or you just want to connect to yourself or like now we're going to be connecting to our breath, make sure that you place your palms facing down. If you place them palms facing up, this is in the receiving position and the uplifting position. So if you're looking to bring more energy or insight into your days, you can meditate with your palms facing up. We're going to do palms facing down. So wherever you are, just create a connection with your body, placing your palms there. You found that comfortable position. You can go ahead and gently close your eyes. And starting by just finding your breath. First, noticing the pattern of your breath. Maybe it's long and deep in this moment. Maybe it's short and shallow. Not placing any judgment on how your breath feels or what pattern it's taking in this moment. Now I invite you to expand your awareness even more and find other ways, other places where your breath is living. So maybe you feel your breath in your chest as it rises with every inhale and falls with every exhale. Maybe you feel your breath in your belly as it expands with every inhale and contracts with every exhale. Maybe you feel your breath somewhere else in your body. Maybe you feel your entire body expand with every breath in and feel it relax with every breath out. Now, as we stay connected to our breath in this moment, I invite you to extend your breath, allowing each inhale to be longer, deeper and slower than the one before. And each exhale, allowing that to be longer, deeper and slower than the one before. Slowing the breath down, feeling the air move into every inch of your being, feeling the breath expand your physical body in this moment. Becoming more and more connected to yourself with every deep breath that you take. And now just checking in with your body. How does it feel in this moment? How does it feel with this pattern of your breath? Finding any areas in your body that maybe feel tense, maybe you feel some tightness. and sending your breath to that space. Breathing into that area of tension, tightness, and then breathing out. And as you breathe into that space, imagine collecting that tension, collecting that tightness with each inhale. And then as you exhale, allow the tension, allow the tightness to release out of your body with your breath. Taking three deep breaths into wherever that space is in your body, that space that's holding that tension and using your breath to release it.
Now bringing your awareness back to your entire body and just noticing how it feels in this moment. What sensations are coming up for you? How your breath feels? And we're gonna end our practice with just three deep inhales and exhales, the biggest ones that you've taken all day. So first letting out any extra air that you're holding on to and taking your first deep breath in through your nose. And let it go out through your mouth. Another one even bigger in through your nose. And out through your mouth. Now last one, biggest inhale of the day in through your nose. And let it all go. Bringing your awareness back to the room that you're in, back to your surroundings, starting to wiggle your fingers and wiggle your toes and taking whatever time, stretches or breaths that you need. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. How did that That's feel? So nice. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> How long did that feel for you? It felt, it actually felt kind of long. Like, I don't yeah. know, I think felt like, I don't know, actually maybe like a good, like couple of minutes at least. I, I feel like I was just like, at least able to like calm my mind. I think like having the earphones on is just like really helpful too. Like yeah. just like able to zone everything else out, but that felt great. I feel a lot less tense. I think yeah, like, especially like my your shoulders. shoulders kind of fall yeah. away from your ears. So many people hold tension in their shoulders and in their yeah. hips. But that meditation was five minutes, by the way. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love that. Now we all got a little sneak peek of, yes. of what we'll get during your meditation sessions. I, <laughs> I love that. I, I think for myself too, like that question about like, how do you kind of stop that like internal chatter? I think I've found a lot of su success in guided meditations because I feel mm -hmm. like if I'm on my own and like I'm, I get into my own thoughts really easily, yeah. but if someone else is talking me through it, like I can focus more on like what they're saying and just like telling myself like to shut up if, if I'm yeah. like thinking anything <laughs> else, you know? Yeah. Cause that's another thing too. Like if you are doing the guided meditations, you know, if you're doing the self-guided, it's good to come back to your breath. You can even use that tip when you're doing the guided meditations as well. But when you are being led by someone, you're able to kind of come back to their voice and be like, okay, no, we're here now. Let's listen to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. I really love that. And we're getting to a little bit towards the end of our interview, but do you have any like life-changing stories about how meditation has helped you? I know it helped you a lot with your burnout and just kind of like your, your health overall, but do you have maybe like an aha moment that, that you experienced? I think truly during the pandemic was when I realized just how much meditation has changed my life. Mm -hmm. I think it's been more of a gradual thing where now I look back and, you know, I, I burnt out and like first started in 2018 and that's when everything really started for me. And so during the pandemic, I had a moment to really stop and think about, you know, what has affected my life because during that time we were, you know, going inward and we were looking at, you know, the simpler things and the things that really mattered in life during that time, you know, at the peak of the pandemic, really, so we're like still in it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think I really had a moment to kind of listen to what has changed my life. And it really was meditation. So it was kind of interesting because it wasn't necessarily like, you know, I had that amazing first experience when I was meditating, but I still wasn't like, this is it for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. this is it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> when I was able to kind of sit with myself without the chatter of, you know, a job, because I was furloughed during the pandemic I, at my job. And um, I had a moment to just kind of even more so be with myself and connect even deeper. Um, I think that was just kind of looking in hindsight being like, wow, meditation really has changed my life. But a really cool story just popped into my head while I was talking about that, because the pandemic, when it first hit, 
I, so I was living in New York city. I wasn't working at the fashion company anymore. I was actually working for a restaurant group. I was traveling every single week. I genuinely loved my job. I knew that it wasn't going to be forever, but I was like, this is great until I want to start my own thing, whatever that is. So I got furloughed because obviously restaurants got hit hard. Yeah. So I was furloughed in, at the end of March, my lease was up in New York at the end of May. I felt like everything that I had worked so hard for the last three years, going through burnout, everything was just taken from me. Everything that I built for myself, all of my friends in the city, we had all dispersed. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I went back to Buffalo and was in my parents' house. And I was just in a very dark place, very, very dark place. I had, you know, some signs of depression. I was not doing well. I felt like everything was just taken from me. And so during that time, it was one of those seasons of my life when all I could think about doing was meditating because it was the only thing that really brought me some sort of, of glimmer of light or, you know, um, freedom or feeling good in my life, feeling like not everything was just taken from me, you know? So I remember I was sitting on my bed meditating. I had a cushion underneath my butt sitting on my bed and I went into this deep meditative state. And I, at the time, like I said, I was in a very dark place. All of a sudden I saw this light in front of me. There's like visually through my mind's eye, I saw this light in front of me and I felt so much warmth and so much energy and love. And I didn't know where it came from, but this light to me represented the light at the end of the tunnel. And Mm -hmm. because of that meditation experience that I had, I came out of it being like, okay, everything's going to be okay. I felt hopeful again. And it was, you know, it had been so long and with the state of the world, everyone was so confused, but I was like, no, I, I have hope again. Like this is going to be okay. Fast forward to almost exactly a year later. I, um, at the beginning of 2021, I spent a few months in Costa Rica and I was meditating on just like a random day. And I fell again into a really deep meditative state. And this time I I'm getting chills telling this. This time I visually in my mind's eye saw myself in that room a year ago, sitting on my bed on the cushion meditating. And I was standing in front of her, could see everything. I could see and feel the darkness from within her and everything that was happening. But I stood there as light. I stood there as energy, as hope. And I gave her, I sent that version of myself, that previous version of myself love. And I sent her warmth. And while I was meditating, it didn't really click for me. I came back. I was, you know, came out of my meditation. I was in Costa Rica. And then after I came out of meditation, I was like, wow. So what I saw one year ago was me today saying, Mm -hmm. everything's going to turn out better than you ever imagined. I was in Costa Rica for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. I, you know, had my own business, like everything turned out better. And it was because of that experience a year prior that I had hope to keep going and to mm-hmm. keep doing my meditation and to see what else was going to happen and just keep pushing through. Cause I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and then fast forward, find out that I was the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily like an aha moment, but that was a very, very cool meditation experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. To share. No, I, I, that's, that's amazing. I think, um, like I've heard people before kind of saying like, if there's, it's not necessarily your intuition coming to you, but it's like, yeah, it's like your, your future self, like kind of like giving you the love that you need in that moment and being like, it's, it's going to be okay. And I, I think, um, my friends and I have talked a lot about the butterfly effect Mm. and like just how like the smallest little things will like change your future. And you'll look back and be like, holy shit. Like if I didn't do this, like I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think that those are like the, the moments that I, that I love and I live for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple experiences from, you know, meeting my future self. And it was all, it only started when I started meditating Mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, she'll come to me while I'm sleeping and wake me up because it's very, I'm, 
I'm just like a very like get straight to the point kind of person. And yep. so like, I've been like woken up on my future self before, like literally like shook and awake. And I'm like a <laughs> typical me, like she can't keep her mouth shut. Like, come yeah. on, like wake up already. Like, yeah. oh, of course that was her. But yeah, these are just, I've had really, really cool experiences. And because meditation is such a safe and connected practice, it's never something where I felt scared, you know, like I feel like growing up, I, I was really afraid of the unknown. I was really afraid of, you know, even the talk of ghosts, like really freaked me out and things like that. But I think because meditation, like I said, is so safe and you really feel so deeply connected to yourself and your truth that when things come up like this, it's not something to be scared of. I've never felt scared. I like, even when like, you know, I have experience where I've been woken up by my future self. I'm just like, Oh, like, go away, like go back to sleep. You know, like, it's just, it's such a safe place for you to explore yourself that when these sort of experiences come up, it's more of like a welcomed thing than something to be afraid of. Yeah. And, and with that being said, I know in an ideal situation, we would all be able to be in Costa Rica meditating, (laughs) (laughs) but, but what, what is your favorite setting to meditate? Like, do you like doing it inside, outside with or without music? Like what, what has shown kind of like the biggest impact for you and for maybe even your clients too? Yeah. Everyone is definitely very, I feel like I said that so often, like everyone's so different. So do it feels good. But (laughs) (laughs) for me, I have meditated outside. However, I don't necessarily feel the most connected because especially being like a a single female traveler, Mm -hmm. it's me constantly on high alert. And so if I'm meditating outside, I'm like, okay, where are my things? Who is behind me? Like, it's just not as comfortable of an experience for me, unless I'm like, you know, in the safety of my parents' backyard or something Mm -hmm. like that. But even then I'm like, who's driving by? Like, you know, um, so for me personally, I, my favorite, favorite place was during, um, I think it was like, and summer of 2020 into the summer of 2021. So it was 11 months. I was staying with my sister and I felt really lucky. That's when I was really like getting more tools for meditation. And I bought, um, a Zabutan, which is like a a cushioned mat Mm-hmm. And then a Zafu, which is a cushion that you can sit on. So you place the Zafu on top of the Zabutan mm-hmm. and just set yourself up to be really comfy. So I got that. I think my mom actually got those for me for Christmas. And so I set up a really great space in the room that I was staying in. And I had a couple of plants by me. It wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't intricate. It wasn't expensive, but I had a space that was simply dedicated for meditation. The only reason I went there was to meditate. And to me that felt the the safest and the most sacred because that was the sole purpose of that area of my room. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of like finding a place that feels good, I think really setting up a place just simply for that is a great first step. But I mean, as I was saying before, like my one client, like loves to meditate on the subway and she finds like wow. comfort in that. I know I'm like, you I go girl, no. um, <laughs> I could never, I'm like constantly, my head's on a swivel on the subway. I know. But, um, <laughs> I personally, I like meditating inside in my own little safe space, but, um, I have meditated many places around the world, around the country. And I just kind of take each practice as it is. Mm-hmm. And what are your plans for Zen Gen? Um, are there any new things that people can look forward to There is that you can talk about? <laughs> um, okay. So I haven't, I have, okay. I've only been giving like little sneak peeks on my Instagram. I haven't even sneak peeked it on my TikTok, but I will give a little bit of insight because it should be prepared and launched in March. If I'm, okay. you know, cross yeah. my fingers. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about it too. So I'm building a subscription-based platform that will have, will give you unlimited access to all of my guided meditations. Awesome. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have like, you know, different categories, zero to five, five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30. So you can just go in and choose whatever you want. It's also really cool because they're from, you know, the last year or so. And so 
these meditations are all from different places in the world. And even some that are just the audio recording, I have videos of different places that I've been. That's like a scenic Mm -hmm. backdrop behind it. So it really is not only like, I'm so excited to bring this, you know, unlimited access to a whole library of meditations to my community, but it's also kind of like, you know, showing more of where I've been and what I've experienced because each meditation is different and has grown because of my, you know, travel experiences, my life experiences and everything like that. Um, and then there's going to be like a few other things that I'm not going to give away, right? Okay. <laughs> but there's going to be a few other things that you will get with that subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like the main bulk of it is that you'll be able to go on anytime and choose whatever mm-hmm. meditation you want. And one of the things too, with meditating, is there are some research benefits to meditating with the same voice every single time, because it's like a trigger to your mind being like, okay, I hear this voice. It's time to meditate. So get into that space. Same sort of thing where, you know, you set up the one space in your room, you go to that space, you know, it's time to meditate. Your body knows and gets you into that. So that's going to be a really great benefit that I'm excited to bring to my community is like, you don't have to search. You don't have to go to all, like all these teachers on the apps. Like, you know what you're going to get, you know, you're going to get Jen and that, you know, it's going to be a great experience. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited That's about that. So exciting. <laughs> I, I love, I love like subscription services like that. So I will definitely be partaking. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so and, um, one of my last questions for you is where can people learn more about Zen Jen? Um, maybe like your website and social media. Yeah. My website is zenjenmeditation.com. My Instagram is zenjen.meditation. Same with my TikTok, zenjen.meditation. I do have a YouTube channel. If you just search Zenjen Meditation, um, I'm going to be posting on there more often in the future. Um, I believe I have a Facebook page. There isn't a ton of activity on there. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll get more than what you get on Facebook. So I would say the Mm -hmm. main ways to get in touch our Instagram, TikTok at zenjen.meditation, and then check out my website. You can see all my offerings on my website and that's zenjenmeditation.com. Yay. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this episode because it's like, it's really interactive. And I think a lot of people will love like the guided meditation and um, just all the helpful tips and tricks. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I really had so much fun. It was so great meeting you. I know. I know. I hope I will probably like sign up for like a one-on-one session. Cause I, I definitely like, I can really benefit from this. And I feel like when you were talking about kind of just where you were at in that place, like back at your parents and kind of just in like mm-hmm. a, this very like transitional space, I feel like I'm in that right now. Like, I feel like I'm so happy and like, my professional life, but just like my personal life just isn't like where I want it to be. And I think like meditating is definitely something that I've wanted to get into, but I'm just one of those people who has like mad internal chatter. Like I cannot turn it (laughs) off sometimes. So I'm definitely like trying to get better at that. So any help I can get. (laughs) Oh, I'm here for you. You know, link in bio, the same old, same old. Um, Yeah. You can totally schedule a one-off session with me. And then I also have like a one-on-one program as well but um it would be great to even just start with like the one session and see how it goes yeah definitely well thank you so much I'll let you get to your night but yeah thank you so much again yeah thank you this is so great Bye. Bye. bye